Well, good day, everybody. I'm Michelle Dillard, your host for Sisters Helping Sisters. Sisters Helping Sisters is designed for more mature women to speak into the lives of our younger sisters. We'll also uh, be interviewing unique women, and we'll also discuss issues that impact women overall. You came to the right place. You came to the safe place. Again, I'm Michelle Dillard, and this is Sisters Helping Sisters. We will continue our study out of my very beautiful devotional called Her Story, Our Story. And we are discussing various women of the Bible and how their stories intertwine with our modern day stories. And we have some questions to ponder or to answer at the back of the book. So let's jump in. Today, our topic is Esther and Vashti. Esther and Vashti. Vashti means beautiful or best. Her father was Belshazzar. She was the queen of Persia and the first wife of the Persian king Xerxes. I've read several commentators' um, thoughts on Vashti. In the book of Esther, she is described as the disobedient wife who refused to come when the king beckoned. According to the Mirash, a Mirash, she was presented as being wicked and vain, a savvy politician that held an elaborate banquet for the women in her circle. At the same time, her husband held his banquet for his drunken friends. When he summoned for her to come and dance for him and his friends, she refused. After advising and sending him three messages, she pointed out that his demands were both immoral and a political mistake. History also tells us that it was also unlawful for a Persian woman to come and dance before her husband's drunken friends. Then you have the modern and early feminist groups who admired her and hurled her to be a woman of principle, courage, and wisdom. The bottom line, Vashti was dethroned for refusing the king's request. Who knows what she was thinking? Maybe she was too involved in her own banquet. Maybe she was fed up with her husband's drunken state and friends. Perhaps she no longer had respect or love for the king. Whatever the case may be, she did not come when the king summoned her. This prompted the king to seek advice from his top advisors, and they all agreed that if he allowed Vashti to get away with that behavior, then other wives would begin to treat their husbands the same way. The men began to worry that the woman or women would become disobedient and disrespectful. So they wrote a decree to have her dethroned. In all actuality, her time was up anyway, because God had a new plan, and he was going to use another beautiful young lady named Hadessa, or Esther, to carry out his agenda. God had a bigger plan, and that was to save the children of Israel from being executed by the evil ruler, Haman. The Bible says that Esther was the most beautiful woman in that era, especially amongst the women she was competing with, 
to become queen. The king loved her more than all the other young beautiful women, and she found favor with him. Esther had this inner knowing to understand that she was not called to be just another pretty face. Her beauty did catch the king's eye, but her ability to hear God and to strategize, to help devise a plan to save her people from the evil man Haman, who plotted to kill all the Jews, was an act of courage. Esther, along with her uncle Mordecai, collaborated to have the evil villain removed, and she accomplished this by fasting and praying, and by constantly going before the king. Because of her respectful and loving disposition, the king listened and granted all of her requests. Our story. When the king calls. Has God called you to be a modern day Esther? God always have a bigger plan even if we don't understand or agree with the plan. Whether it means someone else being dethroned or losing an important position, there is a time and season for all of us to do great things. But we never know how long we are to be in the spotlight. After Vashti's dethronement, we are not sure what happened to her. Was this because of her so-called disobedience, or did she want to remain obscure? If you were ever in a position of power, a first lady, boss lady, or simply a lady, and lost your position for whatever reason, do not be discouraged. Perhaps your time was up. There is a set and appointed time for everything, a season for everything and everyone. God never said that the assignment that he gives us will last forever. It just means that he calls us for a season to a thing and he uses us to fulfill a part of the mission. We are only a small piece of the puzzle. What's important is whenever the king calls or beckons us, we must listen and obey in doing whatever it is that God wants us to do. And when we obey, we find favor and grace in his sight. God needs a vessel that will say, yes, yes, Lord. When Esther, the young orphan girl, said yes, she knew she was on a special assignment to help save her people. When we spend time at the king's feet, he is pleased and will grant our request. When we spend time at the king's feet, he is pleased and will grant our request. You can study more about Esther in the book of Esther. But it's quite interesting that whenever Esther needed anything, she went before the king. She was very respectful. She would bow down with the king spend time with the king, and because he loved her so much, he gave her whatever she requested. 
because she honored him. She respected him. And this is how we have to be with God. God loves us so much. We have to come to the king correct. We have to come to the king right. Many of us go before God and we just jump down in his face and we start asking him for all kinds of things. Instead of stopping to give him thanks and stopping to just give him the praise that he desires and worship, and we just start asking for things. God wants us to honor him, to love him and respect him and to listen to him. It's not enough for us just to get down on our knees and start rattling off all of our needs and everything that we need. The Bible says he knows what we have need of even before we ask. He will come for our words. He's heard our prayers. He knows what's in our heart. Even though he instructs us to pray. But when we become, when we come before the king, we have to bow down and really give him the thanks and praise he deserves, the honor. Just step to God, correct? Step to him with respect, knowing that when we spend that quality time, it's just not about us talking to him. He has things to say to us. He wants to give us divine direction. He wants to show us the paths of life. He wants to speak a clear word into our ears. But first, we have to acknowledge him in all of our ways, trusting that he will direct our paths. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I love Esther's humbleness. And some may argue and say, Vashti was not humble. She was not willing to listen and obey the king. Whatever the case may be, God called upon Hadessa, who later became Esther. And she found favor with the king. We want the favor of the Lord on our lives. The Bible says we have God's favor for life. And who knows why she was chosen amongst all the women. God knew she would get the job done. After all, all the other women were very beautiful too. They had been preparing for six months, um, getting beautified. All of them ready to go before the king, but it was something different and unique about Esther. Yes, the Bible says she was more beautiful than all the other women. We never know what's going to get God's attention about us. The king sees us and chooses to bless us out of all the other women in the world. You are special to God. You are the apple of his eye. He has you etched in the palm of his hands. Modern day Esther, what assignment has God given you? Let's look at the questions in the back of the book. 
Have you given God a yes? He's waiting on your yes. Has God called you to do something different and unique? Have you said yes? Has there ever been a time in your life when you were dethroned, replaced, or simply felt like a castaway? Let's read that one again. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were dethroned, replaced, or simply felt like a castaway? What did you do? Are you walking in God's favor? Are you walking in God's favor? Or have you chosen to be disobedient and not answer the call? Have you chosen to be disobedient and have not answered the call? If God has called you to a special assignment and you're running from it, stop and repent. Stop and repent. And give God a yes. There is a blessing in it for you. God doesn't call us just to call us. He makes provision for the vision. He calls us with a purpose. And all we have to do is answer. We can't be busy throwing our own banquet like Vashti. We can't be so busy that we can't answer God. When he calls, when the king calls, we need to come running. We need to come running. We have no idea what's all involved, what's at stake. Esther's people were about to be killed. The Jews were about to be killed at the hands of Haman, evil Haman. He was plotting to kill the Jews. But God gave Esther a unique strategy. She and her uncle Mordecai. And I love how Esther took a minute to stop and say, hey, this is important. I need to fast and pray. And she asked others to fast and pray with her. And that's what we have to do. When we're dealing with some issues and challenges of life, when God has called us to something specific that he knows only we can take care of, Stop and pray first. Stop and take some time to fast first. And, and if, if it's too big for you, get some others, some prayer warriors in there, other intercessors to help you to pray and fast about the issue so that you can strategically plan and maneuver about God's business for a successful outcome. Are you Esther or are you Vashti? God is calling you. He's waiting on your yes. I'm Michelle Dillard. This has been Sisters Helping Sisters. We have been studying from my devotional, Her Story, Our Story. Can't wait to be with you next week. Please take time to listen to this podcast. 
tell other women about it, and let's be blessed together. Let's be blessed together. I'm Michelle Dillard. Have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sisters Helping Sisters. I've missed you. I'm Michelle Dillard, your inspirational speaker and your inspirational life coach. I am here today. I'm so excited. We've been talking lately from my book, Her Story, Our Story. We've been discussing different women of the Bible and how their stories intertwine with our modern day story. Here at Sisters Helping Sisters, our goal is to speak into the lives of our younger sisters to help them avoid some of the pitfalls that um, we have experienced. But overall, we'll just discuss issues that impact women right here in Sisters Helping Sisters. And lately we've been discussing, like I said, the devotional, my devotional is available on Amazon. It's called Her Story, Our Story, or you can reach out directly to me at shellonthemike at gmail.com. That's C-H-E-L-L-E on the mic at gmail.com. So get your copy today. And we'll be going back and forth to the devotional, but discussing other topics. And the topic today is called called to serve call to serve or call to lead jesus did not measure greatness by the number of people who served him but by the number of people he served the effectiveness of a servant leader is not measured by rank or position rather it's measured by the legacy of the leader the legacy that the leader leaves behind. Don't you want to leave a beautiful legacy? Ask yourself, who are you called to serve? Who are you called to serve? And remember, just because you are the leader does not mean you cannot serve. Just because you are the leader does not mean you cannot serve. Years ago, when I worked for the airlines, I would often take special assignments. And I worked in what was called our in-flight services department as an acting flight service manager or supervisor. And one of the things I observed, our general manager, when it was time to stuff mailboxes, as she said, when all the um, important information came in that needed to go into the flight attendant mailboxes, she came out of her office and participated. She'd grab all the other supervisors and say, come on, we're going to stuff these mailboxes together. And I think it was probably 1,500, 2,000 flight attendants at this particular base. And they needed updated information. And we had to physically put all of this paperwork into their mailboxes, but she would come out of her, her office and she'd participate. I never forgot that. And hello to you, Peggy, wherever you are. Jesus served many and was humble and very happy to do it. If Jesus can serve many, so can we. The greatest man that ever walked the earth served 
others. When we humble ourselves and submit to one another, everybody wins. God smiles on our spirit of humility. When we serve others, that doesn't mean that we are a punk, mealy, or weak. It means that we're comfortable in our own skin, that we are secure with who we are. As a leader, as an individual, those who feel that they have to rule with an iron fist all the time has some self-esteem and insecurity issues. But we as leaders, when we serve others, we set an example. We set an example. We let those know who we are serving. We let them know that they matter. And that's so important to let someone know that they matter too. And let people know that we're all in this together. It fosters respect on both sides. It makes those that you lead wanna go the extra mile for you and or the business or ministry. You've heard the term happy wife, happy life. Let's take it a step further and say happy employee, successful business. It wants to work in a toxic, gossipy environment. When your subordinates are not happy, they're going to express it to the nth degree. They will shout it from the rooftop. Remember this. People want to be acknowledged and respected and know that they matter. There's a quote that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How can we as leaders help those that we lead to feel acknowledged, respected, and cared for? Well, I'm going to give you a few key elements to help you with that. Number one, serve them occasionally. Number two, Celebrate them by giving praise, gifts, or awards for, for the team. Give a party. Number three, listen, listen, listen. Number four, put yourself in their shoes. When an employee tells you that their child is sick or they're sick and, and, and need to go to the doctor, then find a way to relate and be empathetic. As long as it's not a consistent pattern with that person, be empathetic and merciful. Jesus was merciful. Because here's the deal. When those who serve us, those who are our subordinates, when they are experiencing major personal issues, they're not going to give you their all. They're not going to give you their maximum participation because they're divided if they have personal issues going on. So we as leaders, let's find a way to help them solve the problem in the most expeditious manner. Number five, humble yourself and implement some of their ideals. 
not just listen and brush it off, but surprise them by taking some of their ideals to heart. This right here will encourage them to think more out of the box and come with, up with more creative ideals to help keep the operation running. Remember, people want to know that they matter and that their voice is being heard. Number six, offer competitive pay. Part of the problem with retention is low pay. Not only do people have bills to pay, but again, people need to feel that they are worth the work that they are putting in. Don't you want to be paid at a decent rate? If you can't give people the salaries that they deserve, then you better make up for it with benefits or some other incentive. When people feel like they don't have enough pay to pay their bills, they do a piss poor job. Sometimes, you know, you'll find that the performance is very low. It's not up to par because they feel justified in only giving 50% when the pay is so poor. Again, put yourself in their shoes. Ask yourself, would you be able to survive off of this rate of pay? Every organization has budget constraints, but please do not insult the people. There has to be some motivation for us to come to work, right? Even with volunteers, people still want to be treated with respect. Number seven, be a producer. Be a producer. You say, what do you mean by that? Train. Train successors. You're not going to be in that position forever. A good leader recognizes their subordinate strengths and weaknesses. Train others to be even better than you. If you have to go on vacation or if you're out sick, there should be one or two people that you have trained or cross-trained so well that the operation can keep running especially if you're an entrepreneur, which in turn allows you to enjoy your vacation without worrying, or you can heal up without stressing. Remember, the people that serve us, they're going to be only as good as we are. They are a reflection of us. We set the atmosphere for the company, for the meeting, for those that we serve. We set the atmosphere. Our attitude is going to trickle down. Happy, positive attitude, it'll trickle down. A negative, bad attitude, that will also trickle down. So we must be secure enough within ourselves to train others so that if they left to start their own business, they would come back and say thank you to us. They'll be so grateful for what was modeled in front of them. Teach them to grow and go. 
be that producer or birther. When people leave, they'll stop and acknowledge you and thank you for motivating and training them and encouraging them and inspiring them to grow and go. I'm Michelle Dillard, and today's episode has been called to lead or called to serve. What type of servant are you? Are you that boss that rules with the iron fist? Or are you that boss that's empathetic and understanding that people are not perfect, but they need a little bit of mercy and grace, just like Jesus? The greatest man on earth. He didn't come here and say, hey, I'm the big head honcho. He sat with the people. He taught the people. He showed them love and kindness and respect. And he had many who followed him. But yet, he served them. He even washed a disciple's feet. Now, I'm not telling you to go out there and wash anybody's feet. But the point of the matter is, is to be humble, be kind, and serve people with respect, whether you are a leader or not. Again, I'm Michelle Dillard, your inspirational speaker, your inspirational life coach, a minister and teacher of the gospel, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us for this episode, Call to Lead. This has been Sisters Helping Sisters, and we'll be right back next week with another exciting topic. Bye-bye. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Go and serve your king, as my dear friend, Apostle Barbara McLean, would say. But go also and do something great. Go and serve others.